No matter how young or old we might be, no matter what kind of year proceeds, this night, Christmas Eve, never fails to brighten our spirits. I look forward to this night, unlike any other night, with a kind of joyful anxiety. Because I know that this holiday carries with it more meaning than any sermon can ever convey. Yet to tell this story, the story of the Incarnation, is one of my greatest privileges. But there is one question to ask, and that's, why are you here tonight? Some of you have been part of this church for most of your lives, and you can't imagine being anywhere else. Some of you have come alone. Others are with large families that are taking up almost an entire pew. Some of you have been planning to be here for weeks and weeks, and some of you decided to come at the very last minute. Some of you, I know who you are, you've been dragged here against your will. And that's okay. You're here out of loyalty or guilt. And some of you maybe are here for the very first time. Some of you are young and you're full of hope and excitement and anticipation. Most of your Christmases are still ahead of you. Some of you are older and you're filled with memories of Christmases past that frankly will never, ever come again. Some of you are looking forward to getting back to the presents and the fire and the food and some of you dread going home. So whoever you are, whatever you've got going on in your life, hear this. I'm glad you're here. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. Would you all please pray with me? May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I ask a lot of questions. Probably too many questions, but at this time of year, I ask the same question over and over and over again. What's the best Christmas present you've ever received? I love asking this question because it's hilarious. People have the hardest time answering. And it's not because people like you have received so many gifts that you have to weigh the pros and cons of all these things you've received. It's that, frankly, people can't remember what they got for Christmas. For instance, can any of you remember what you opened three years ago on Christmas morning? Can you remember what you got when you were 10? Can you even remember what you got last year? There's something bizarre. We put all this effort and time and focus on gifts, and then we forget almost everything we opened. But of course, there's a better question to ask. What's your most beloved Christmas memory? Because people can answer that one. And every time I ask it, the response is almost always about a specific person. I remember when I was with my grandmother. I remember the first time my son opened a present. I remember the first time I spent Christmas with my in-laws, whatever it might be. Though, frankly, I've never heard anyone say anything about spending Christmas with their (laughs) in-laws. That's what we remember most about Christmas. It's not the gifts, it's not even the meal, it's the people we spend it with. It's all we really have to give each other. In our heart of hearts, it's all we ever really want to receive. And frankly, it's what God gives to us. Not a gift under the tree, not a trite response to a prayerful need. God gives us himself at Christmas. And there's just something different about this season. 
You know? And for me, there's nothing quite like an old-fashioned Christmas. You know what I mean when I say old-fashioned Christmas? You know, in the days long ago, pre-iPhone, where we could sit down at a dinner table with one another and not have eight people looking down at their phones to check their email for the fifth time in an hour. A time before frantically searching for an outlet to charge your phone because it's already at 76% battery. An old-fashioned Christmas where we didn't have to spend all night charging the drone before our kid opened it up on Christmas morning. An old-fashioned Christmas. You know, when it was all about the food and everyone knew all the words to the carols and we didn't have to explain what the advent read meant. An old-fashioned Christmas. My father was born and raised in Germany, and he loves to talk about his old-fashioned Christmas memories, because for him, the best thing about Christmas was the tree. And his tree was completely unlike this one. First of all, it wasn't fake. Uh, it also didn't have all these LED lights that can do more than a stage production can. It was a real tree that they had cut down on the property with real ornaments and real candles. And these clips that went on the thick branches. And my father describes every Christmas Eve, he and his brother, they would sit down crisscross applesauce in front of the tree. They would watch my grandfather take a long poker like this and painstakingly light every single candle. And my father, like any good boy, did what I would have done. He sat there and he waited for that sucker to light on fire. <laughs> and just about every year... My grandparents would be in the other room, and my father and his brother Helmut would say, Oh, it's on fire! It's on fire! It's on fire! <laughs> you know, an old-fashioned Christmas. Uh, there's a church in our community. I won't say uh, the name of it because I don't want to get in trouble. They have a new sanctuary, kind of like ours. But on their property, they have the original church building, the original structure. It's where people worshipped for decades and decades and decades. But once they built the new building, the other one just stayed locked up. It was like the land of forgotten toys, misfit toys. It just stays in the corner, collecting dust. That is until Christmas Eve. Because on Christmas Eve, they don't get into the new sanctuary. They go to the old building. They unlock it. They brush off the dust. They pull out the kerosene lanterns. And they light it for an old-fashioned Christmas. That was until two years ago, when someone forgot to open one of the windows, and the kerosene lantern sucked all the oxygen out of the room, and people started passing out left and right in their pews. And you all think my preaching's right. Imagine if you were sitting there, and you lose grandma, and then you lose your son, and then half the choir goes down. You know, an old-fashioned Christmas. But a real old-fashioned Christmas... As old as you can get, that's to say a biblical Christmas, it's completely different. Because the strange new world of Scripture opens up a strange and a bizarre scene. King's rage, wickedness rules the day. The threat of taxation, it forces young couples to flee to the comfort of their parents' homes because they don't have any money. Countries who thought of themselves as the very best had forgotten the very least. You know, completely unlike today, it's strange. It's strange how Christmas, at least the version we encounter at the mall, it's a dream. 
We escape into the Christmases of the past. We falsely assume they have this tinge of perfection. But in the Bible, Christmas is no dream. It's a reality. And it's one that begins in the dark. You all know what darkness is like. Evil and sin and suffering and distress and destruction. They are very much part of the world, even if we're made to believe they are absent at Christmas. Because we live in a time of war, of violence and anger and wrongful use of power. And the darkness is not just out there beyond the safety of the sanctuary. It's here too. The darkness of family fights, disease and death, aging parents, rebellious children, fear, guilt, loneliness, shame. We have to take the darkness seriously. We have to take it seriously because Isaiah did. Because darkness is part of our everyday experience and because darkness is exactly what the light of Christ makes its way into. This time of year, it always challenges us to search for meaning. What is the real meaning of Christmas? Every bad Hallmark Channel movie tries to answer that question. What's the meaning of Christmas? And if you want to know the answer, it's here in Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Because light is how we experience the presence of God. The arrival of grace, mercy, peace. Light is the thing that always shines in the darkness. That's why we always end Christmas Eve with the lighting of candles. It is strange and it is beautiful because it starts in the dark. This Christ candle is the one from which all other candles will be lit It's a witness to this candle, to Christ being born in Bethlehem. And ours burn as a promise, a pledge, and maybe as an act of defiance. Our flickering candles are what the life of faith looks like as it resists temptations each and every day. The flame looks like our faith because it's fragile. Our flame is as fragile as a new baby born into the worst circumstances. But new life... New life always starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground or a baby in the womb or Jesus in the tomb, new life always starts in the dark. And it's strange. It's subversive. It's a dynamic way to change the world. It runs counter to all of our assumptions about what it means to hold power. It is fragile, like a flame. It's fragile like a baby born in a manger. It is fragile like our faith can be at times. But one flame, one baby, one faithful hope can be all that we need to start a spark that changes everything. An old-fashioned Christmas is challenging because it's truer than all the perfect manger scenes on our mantles and inflated in our front lawns. The incarnation of God is not some spiritual and mythical concept. It is the totality of God taking on the flesh in this world of ours. It is as real as the person sitting next to you. So for a fleeting moment, we might experience a time tonight where all is calm and all is bright. Or we're holding up our candles high and we sing those words. But we do so with the knowledge that the world still marvels at the darkness. So come to this table, feast here at Christ's table, greet 
one another in the love and the light that Jesus offers us and declare your defiance of the world's expectations through that fragile, flickering flame. Because tonight, a night unlike any other night, we join together to wonder at God's mystery. Tonight, we join together as God's light that shines in the darkness. Tonight, we remember what an old-fashioned Christmas really looks like. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen.